How do you feel about unsolicited advice? You know, there's a quote that says this, unsolicited advice is the junk mail of life. (laughs) That's why this episode has a title, A Young Mom Asked for Advice. I didn't want anyone to think that I just drove up and parked the car and hung out a shingle that said, step right up and I'll tell you how to train your children. Nope, not happening here. I remember how many times I was given unsolicited advice. In fact, I can vividly recall a time when a stranger stopped me in a parking lot at Target with a look of concern on her total stranger face. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I had just finished shopping at Target the way I least liked to shop, with all three children joining me. This turned shopping into a much longer adventure, not to mention making it anything but relaxing. But this trip to Target was educational for me. I learned from our children that Dad always bought them popcorn when he took them to Target. Hmm, here's where things started to crumble. The oldest two children understood not to challenge me when I said, we're not getting popcorn this time. They had learned to read the countenance of their mom, and they knew when I had that look on my face, you know that look, that don't cross me look. It was best just to obey. They knew that. But the youngest hadn't reached the age of facial reading yet. (laughs) So he started the common tactics seen in stores around the world, loud crying. And then he started repeating himself. But Daddy, get cawcorn, and I want cawcorn, and Daddy, get cawcorn, and I want cawcorn. Our thirdborn had a habit of repeating himself, especially when he was crying about something. It didn't sway me, but it did make me wish that I had waited until Dad got home so that he could have been the one to take him to Target. I just sighed heavily as we went out to the car, and that's when I met Miss Unsolicited. She followed us to the car. Now, I'll admit, our thirdborn was wailing at the top of his lungs, so maybe she really genuinely was concerned. But as I was placing the thirdborn in his car seat, she moved in closer and said, are you having a problem here today? Now, what did that even mean? It was really obvious I was having a problem with at least one of the kids. (laughs) I would say this was problematic, but we were going to fix the problem soon, says this mom. I resisted the urge to say with an irritated tone, who called you? (laughs) That's not polite. Instead, I said, although through clenched teeth, we're fine. You know, then you put on the plastic smile that goes with those two words. Someone is unhappy about not getting popcorn, I said tensely. Oh, I see, she said, and then came the offer. Would you like to attend a parenting class offered by the district? My no thank you came out as one word. (laughs) So I shared that story to prove that when it comes to unsolicited advice, even if the advice has value, wait until you're asked before giving it. Today's episode comes directly from a text sent to me by a young mama named Angelina. So this is solicited advice. Angelina asked two questions. One, she asked, what would you tell a young mom not to stress too much about? And her second question was this, 
What did you used to think was important, and now looking back, you see that it actually wasn't? Ooh, good questions. Let's take these in order. First, number one, what would you tell a young mom not to stress about? Now, keep in mind, we're going to be answering this on a very limited basis, but I'll do my best to give you something that you can chew on. First, I would say that I'm answering this from a personal perspective, so these are not hard and fast rules. These are observations from a mom with a bit more wear on her tires. Here's my short list of three things I wouldn't stress about. One, don't stress about where your children are developmentally in comparison to others. We had three different rates of academic, social, and spiritual development going on at the same time in our children. It reminded me a lot of gardening with different varieties of the same plant. One year I grew three types of basil, and they definitely had different characteristics. One was large and a very fast grower. The other was beautiful and glossy, and it was super flavorful, but it was prone to disease. The third one was dark, colorful, and dramatic, but unreliable. Children are like plants in the garden. Tend to them as individuals, not as age numbers or little humans in some Olympic competition. What is a more important focus? Godliness with contentment, both for the parents and the children. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. That's 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8. So let your children see you living a God-honoring, consistent Christian life with enthusiasm and sincere joy. The second thing I wouldn't stress about too much, don't stress about what others may think of your parenting style. This is another side effect of the comparison trap that goes on so commonly today. Aim to raise your children in a way that would make God smile. Stay very checked in with your husband about the parenting process. If you're married, if you're a single parent, stay very checked in with God. All parents should do that anyway. But if you are a married lady, your husband should be involved in the parenting decisions and processes and things that you're doing with the children. But leave others out of it. The training of your children and the methods you use are between you, your husband, and God. And finally, under this first question on what not to stress about, don't internalize every critical comment about your child. So let's say you picked up a little bruiser from the church nursery and heard that he'd gotten into trouble for bopping another child in a toy fight. Correct the behavior. Instruct your child carefully. Pray with them and try, try again. Misbehavior is often due to learning how to practice temperance. Teach it, model it, and help your children to learn how to behave in various situations by role-playing at home. We used role-playing for everything from how to meet and greet people to how to have restaurant manners. Role-playing is a great way to teach children how to behave before they're in the situation. And when all else fails, carry a Q-tip in your purse to remind you of the acronym Quit taking it personally. So someone criticized your child's behavior. That's normally not personal. Take it as an opportunity to improve a training area. Instead of stressing over child training, make spiritual goals for your children and help them learn how to walk in truth. In fact, here's a prayer request you could teach your children. It's Psalm 86:11, and it says this, 
Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I really like these questions. Here's number two. What did you used to think was important? And now looking back, you see that it actually wasn't. Well, Angelina and anyone else listening, I felt the peer pressure to have our children participate in and attend many things that really didn't have to be inserted into our family calendar. I'll admit the annual camping trip that took the children away for four days was a peaceful week for us, but only one of our three actually liked going to camp. That meant the other two were drafted. (laughs) That's not necessarily a good idea. Children don't need more activities. They need time with their own family. And it's balanced for everyone to have some white space on the calendar. Home life routines were often interrupted while trying to keep up with the weekly events that were planned by people who really meant well. But it's not the responsibility of our church or school to provide weekly events for our children. Hectic lives are often breeding grounds for short tempers and resentment. We decided that for the sanity of our family, we would limit how many things our children did outside the home. This taught them to carefully consider before asking if they could add something to the calendar because they had a limit of one major sport or one major commitment per semester. This also taught the importance of balance and time management, which helps them now as young adults. And finally, we realized later in the parenting process that it's not as important for our children to fit in as it is for them to learn who they are in Christ, fearfully and wonderfully made. Our kiddos couldn't change the color of their skin, so fitting in was going to be a hard thing for them no matter where they were. Comments about their hair, their appearance, those were common when they were growing up. One person even asked me, did I shear the boy's hair like sheep? I remember looking at her with a puzzled look on my face and wondering, is she joking? She wasn't kidding. Now, this kind of stuff didn't bother the boys, but it wasn't easy for our daughter to be singled out in any way. She had a gloriously thick mane of coiled hair, and she would get teased about it. So we straightened her hair to make it less of a topic. This sent a message that was unintended. The message said this, straight hair is the only acceptable hair. That was a mistake on our part. What's a better option? Talking to our children about the differences in people and reminding them not to make fun of people. Give your children a biblical reason for things that you're teaching them. In this case, here's the biblical principle. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Luke 6.31 There's the biblical reason for not making fun of people. Or to rephrase it, let's not do things to others that we hate having done to ourselves. This is also a great opportunity to be honest about the fact that sometimes people are mean. Don't defend people who are blatantly wrong in their behavior. Call it wrong and point your child back to how to respond biblically. Parenting is not like a vending machine where you put in your dollar and a perfect little person pops out after 18 years. Imperfect people reproduce after their own kind, and that should be an inspiration for us to be godly and to teach our children to copy Christ. Take the role of parenthood seriously, praying all the way, and trusting God for the outcome. As it says in Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
enjoy your rewards, and never take them lightly. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You, In Christ Unconditionally. ICU is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.